Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And guess what? Women buy 85% of all the Valentines. This is The Little Bit Podcast. The history and the legends of Valentine's Day are all over the place. There's so many different variations of the story. Um, I find it to be a little bit disturbing to see what we're actually celebrating. But like any Roman holiday that started off absolutely crazy, we have over time romanticized it, turned it into a big happy package with a bright bow on it, and sold it to the people. So there's several different legends and stories of Valentine's Day, and I want to kind of share them all with you, and then you can kind of collect your own version of the story and tell it to your friends, because really it's all over the place. So the first story that I read was that on the Ides of February, which would mean the 15th of the month, uh, there were a group of Roman priests called the Luperci or the Luperci. I don't know how you pronounce it in, in Italian. But like I said, the festival origins are very obscure. Now, various um, legends say that these group of priests during, during Lupercalia, this festival, would celebrate the two um, founding gods or founding people of, of Rome, Romulus and Remus. And it was a fertility rite. And I'm assuming it's because people in those days probably didn't live very, very far beyond 30 um, because of disease and war and, and famine and all, all the terrible things. So they want you to get out there and have some kids. So what they say is that these priests would sacrifice goats and a dog after which they were led to the altar and all this stuff and dipped in milk and blah, all this weird stuff with their blood. But then it says, at that point, two of the Roman priests were then required to laugh. <laughs> that just sounds completely crazy to me. As we kill these animals and we dip their blood in milk and wool, we laugh. So we're off to a good start, guys. Valentine's Day is sounding really fun right now. So then two of these men would go about the town and take little strips of this milky, woolly, goat-bloody uh, fabric, and it, they would go through and whip women in the town. And they would just hit them with it. And I guess being hit with this fabric was supposed to render a woman fertile. And I thought, wow. That's awesome. Another part of this story says that women welcomed this. They would stand out in the squares waiting for these men to come by and whip them with the bloody milky rags. And I thought, oh, okay. Another part of the story was that women would also put their names in a giant urn or a pot. And their names were, you know, drawn like the lottery. And men would pull out a name. And they would marry that woman. Hey, that sounds pretty easy to me. It's a lot easier than Bumble or Tinder. But it also kind of freaked me out because I thought, oh my gosh, my nieces go to school with a bag full of Valentines and they put them into these little boys and girls boxes and they pull them out to see who sent them little notes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really don't like this anymore. It was cute until I thought about that. This Lupercalia tradition 
survived for a long time until the rise of Christianity, and then it was outlawed and deemed unchristian at the end of the fifth century. So um, it's not, and then not until much later, it was associated with love. Now, a lot of people believe that February 14th was the beginning of the of birds mating season. And so that should be a day of romance. And then at that point, um, there were, you know, gifts given like, like candy and flowers and things like that to signify love. And that was only to Christianize the holiday and not make it into this pagan whip, whipping of women and lottery of marriage that it initially was. Well, another legend was that February 14th was the day that St. Valentine was martyred, a.k.a. murdered. And why was he murdered? Uh, well, story goes that he was the kind of guy that would take couples and marry them in secret as to um, spare the men from war. And I... I I had no idea that if you were married, you didn't have to go fight. But that's where the essence of love comes from, is that he did this for love. He did this so that couples could be together. And this was in 270 AD. And this is nice because I could see why people, you know, would find this important because I'm sure people back then did not live past 50, right? The lifespan was super short. So yeah, they want to get together and have babies and make families. I get it. Cupid is often portrayed as um, a naked little angel that shoots arrows and helps people fall in love, things like that. Cupid has his roots in Greek mythology as the Greek god of love, Eros. Um, there's so many different, you know, guesses as to who his parents were. There's so many different combinations of who it could be. But he actually was a handsome immortal who played on the emotions. And um, it wasn't until, they say, the Hellenistic period that he began to be portrayed as a mischievous little chubby angel child that was later, you know, drawn into the Valentine's Day cards. The Valentine itself did not appear until after 1400. The oldest known Valentine still in existence today was a poem written by uh, Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London. And this greeting is actually a man is, is um, part of a manuscript collection in the British Library in London. And it really started to become popular around the 17th century. After it came to the New World, and by the middle of the 18th century, it was common for friends and lovers of all social classes to exchange, you know, small tokens of affection or handwritten notes. And by the 1900s, printed cards began to replace written letters because of the printing press. And then came Hallmark. It said in 1930, that's when the Valentine's Day cards were being really, really, really mass produced. And there's an estimated 145 million Valentine's Day cards that are sent every year. Truth be told, I did go to CVS this last week and I went to go buy a birthday card for someone. Because I still, I still like to send a birthday card here and there. And I was looking at the Valentine's Day cards and I thought, wow, these are beautiful. Some of them are really pretty. And of course, I'm drawn to like the 3D paper printed ones. 
And I pick one up and I turn it over and it's $11.99. I gasp. I thought, really? Oh my gosh. What happened to like $3.99? That was even like a lot back in the day. I mean, these people are making money hand over fist. I can see why the billion dollar industry thing stands true. Anyways, I bought one. I read this card and I just started crying. It was so good. It was such a good card. It said exactly what I needed to say. And also what I realized is like, we don't realize how hard it is to be married until we are married, I guess. And if you've had a wonderful, hassle-free marriage, good for you. But I think the rest of us can say marriage isn't always, you know, candy and rainbows. It can be really, really difficult sometimes. And so when I read this card, I thought, I'm going to give this to him. I'm going to give this to my husband because this card is saying it way better than I ever could. Really, truly. It's everything that we do every night, every day. The fun things we like to do, the little things that we say to each other. And it was perfect. I'm like, who are these Hallmark people and how do they know what's in my mind? So I bought it and it was like $8. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? That's fine. The only other thing I'm going to do on Valentine's Day is just hang out and watch TV and cook a really great dinner because nothing is worse than going out in public on Valentine's Day. It used to be the thing to do. You'd have to like call ahead, get that reservation, pay that $150 for that three course prefix meal, you know, drive out there, look your best, walk in in those high heels, sit down, order that overpriced glass of wine, sweat like a pig, look at each other and be like, "Mm, we love each other so much. Look at us spending all this money. And now I couldn't, I want to avoid going even outside on Valentine's Day. It is probably the worst. And I'm sure people out there saying, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. So what are some options we can do on Valentine's Day to alleviate all that stress and to make it easy and fun? Well, I've compiled a small list of things. I'm going to share with you what I think is a really great idea to do. Um, well, let's begin. So a lot of people believe in the um, the thought of a love language. What's your love language? A lot of people are into that. A lot of people read the book. They found their love language. They relate to it. They live by it. It works for them. Some people think it's complete BS. I think for me, there's a little bit of truth to it. I like giving gifts. That's what I like to do. I love to give gifts. I don't even necessarily need a gift in return. I do a lo- I do love a gift, but I'm the type of person that's like, there's surely there's someone else out there that would like this more than me, and I might give <laughs> I might give it to someone else. So, if you're gonna give me a gift, chances are I might give it to someone else. So if you look at your love language, and giving a gift is something you really enjoy, or you like receiving a gift. Number one, no matter if you're a male or female, you need to drop hints to your partner that you're interested in receiving a gift because we're not mind readers. Your your spouse is not a mind reader. Your partner is not a mind reader. You have to drop hints that you'd really love a gift. I don't care if I get a gift and I let him know. The one thing I do love though, however, are uh, wildflowers, a bouquet of a wild arrangement of bizarre and interesting flowers I love. I love, love, love it. 
and I, I will gladly take a bouquet of flowers. I think that's great. It lasts about a week. I can enjoy it. It brightens the home. I'm not allergic. Win-win. Dinner, I don't necessarily care if we go out to dinner because I know we're just spending money on things that I probably can make better anyway. I'm an excellent cook. I'd rather stay home and cook for him. One thing I love to do, um, as far as my love language goes for him, he enjoys acts of service. And I think a lot of men enjoy acts of service, to be completely honest with you. Now, you can let your mind go to the gutter if you want. And if you do that, and that's your act of service, then go for it. But my husband (laughs) also likes, (laughs) he likes when I do things and I clean or I do something that he would have, he doesn't really notice a lot of little things around the house. And he's admitted to this. So if I reorganize his closet for him or I've gone in and I've cleaned and redecorated his bathroom or, you know, I just, the house is absolutely ridiculously spick and span and everything is like, it looks like an an art gallery. He'll notice that and be like, whoa, I love this. Thank you so much. This looks amazing. I'm so happy. Also purchasing cards. Like I said, if, if it's something that, you know, the card's saying it better than you ever could, then go ahead and buy it. Because sometimes people like to read those words and think, wow, they really think this about me? Like, I'm touched. But have you ever considered making your own greeting card? Bust out the colored pencils, bust out the markers, and get some stickers, and just make your own. You can use a white piece of printer paper. You can go to Walgreens or CVS and, and buy some big poster board and make a big giant one. And personalizing a card... And making it on your own, just to me, seems like one of the most genuine things you can do. And being genuine on a holiday like this is number one. And I really think that if you want to show someone you love them, you don't have to do it on Valentine's Day. You can do it every day. You can do it once a month. You can do it (laughs) whatever you want to do if you're going to go big. You know what I mean? But let's not feed into this machine that is Valentine's Day. Let's just do something based on how you know that your lover feels, what they appreciate, what they like, and just have fun with it. And don't spend, don't worry about it too much. Don't spend too much time, you know, fretting over what you're going to do. Go make a card. Go cook a meal. Get on YouTube. You can learn how to cook a meal super easy. Um, Even if it's something small like spaghetti and sauce and some garlic bread and some wine. Boom. You, You win. Happy Valentine's Day, lovers. If you have any comments about Valentine's Day, gift giving, or about the holiday itself, go over to the website. I'd love to hear from you. www.thelittlebitpodcast.com and leave your comments in the blog section or send me an email. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Go to patreon.com slash thelittlebitpodcast so you can help me make more amazing podcasts just like this one. The Little Bit Podcast is produced and recorded by me, Joni Sprague, in Orange County, California.